Welcome to True and Unpolished, the podcast, a cuss culture production. Through this podcast, our intention is to uplift, inspire, and amuse. Let's get authentic. Hello, everybody. It's Lydia here. You are about to hear a conversation that Mary and I had with Carrie Graves. Carrie is an amazingly interesting woman, uh, not least which because she's kind of an expert on dreams and the language of dreams. And so she joins us to talk about that very thing. Take a listen. Okay, Carrie, how'd you get into dreams? Tell us how you got into dreams. Well, I'm really excited to tell you guys how I got into dream work. I um, am a person that dreams vividly all night long. And the more people I tell, the more I hear from people that they have that same issue. Mm -hmm. And for me, it means that my deep sleep is not really that effective. So I can sleep 12 hours a night, and wake up tired. I can also take a nap that same day, still be tired. Mm. So after years of this, um, and after pursuing it medically, which was crazy with a doctor throwing every drug in the book at me, Uh um, that sort of knocked me off my track. And I, I had a spiritual crisis. And so coming out of that, I, um, Really, the the spirit sent me a brochure for the first ever Hayden Institute Summer Dream Conference in 2003, Mm -hmm. and I went on faith and took my mom with me, and we had no idea what we were getting into. I always like to joke that the only thing we knew about the divine feminine was what we learned from the Da Vinci Code, (laughs) and and that was true. That's right. It was true, but... (laughs) But once we got there, we were just, I mean, it was magical. Mm -hmm. So I've never missed that conference since 2003. And um, what DreamWork did for me is uh, it hasn't fixed the whatever's wrong in my brain with my sleep, you know, Mm -hmm. and I I hesitate to even use the word wrong because, you know, it could be a gift as well. But but it has totally shifted my perspective and and guided my life. And so... um, just how one long, how long yeah. ago was this 2003 so I was 31 mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. just one synchronicity after another yeah uh, led me down this path which is amazing yeah and so what so tell us um I almost dream work for dummies like how do you explain dream work to someone who doesn't know what that is So the way I explain it and the way that I am trained um, is different from a lot of people. There are lots of ways to do dream work. But for me, uh, dreams are God's calling us to healing and wholeness. And so I have learned that all dreams, even the nastiest, grossest, ugliest nightmares, um, are actually good dreams mm-hmm. because they are trying to send us metaphorical and symbolic messages. Mm-hmm. So in other words, uh, the creator is calling us and helping us process mm-hmm. uh, each night and it happens on its own. And even if you don't remember your dreams, it's still happening. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. the gift of dream work is to take the images and feelings in the dreams and work with them with other people so that you can see a new perspective and help glean those messages a little bit better and help 
that helps them guide you more. And does it, is there a specific process that you use or is it, it, is it more intuitive? Like if you're working your dream with someone, do you have a specific, like, here's the first thing I tell you the dream and then you do this. Cause I know that Mary has shared with me a process, you know, from her dream group. So I'm wondering if you have a specific process. Yes. And it will be, be similar to Mary's. Um, I follow, uh, the Hayden Institute model, which is designed to be really safe, um, because I'm a part of the Hayden Institute, um, we don't do therapy. Mm-hmm. We just do dream work. And what yeah. I've learned over the years is that the process, as it's laid out, really keeps those lines clear. Yeah, and it's a group process, mm-hmm. and so it is. Um, it is prescribed, but the work in between is not. So it's intuitive okay. and has a a formula, has some parameters. So we ask a dreamer who, let's say Lydia, you have a dream you're willing to share with the group today. Mm-hmm. I'll have you as the leader of the group. I'll have you read it once, and we all listen, and we make a movie in our head as if we are dreaming this dream, like imagining what that looks like, kind of like when you read a novel. Yeah, you're picturing it, and you're going to picture it different from everybody else in the world. Yeah. So yes. that's the, it's the same kind of concept. And then have you read it again? And people can take notes um, or just listen, whatever they kind of need to to make their movie in their head and start exploring that story. Mm -hmm. After that, you ask clarifying questions of the dreamer, just really a few things that you might need to make your movie more clear. Like was the cake on the table um, upside down? Did you say Uh, it was upside down or is it nighttime or daytime? Because everything in the dream is symbolic. Yeah. So I might want to ask a few questions like that. But then at a point you cut it off because my unconscious will fill in whether the cake was upside down or the sky was blue because it's now my dream as a member of the group. So now every participant Mm -hmm. in the group is now owning this dream as their own. Okay. Yes. And then what happens then? So after that, um, we used to have the dreamer turn their chair around in order to take the focus off of the person who offered the dream to show that we're all doing our own work. The dreamer may benefit from it, and that would be great, Mm -hmm. but we need to stay in our own work, our own dream. Now that we're having to do it on Zoom, we have the dreamer turn their camera off. (laughs) Oh, okay. (laughs) And then they, (laughs) it is, and then they read the dream again, Mm -hmm. and then we project on it. So then we say, in my dream, so I might say, in my dream, the black cat represents this for me because I have a history with black cats and you might say well in my dream I'm scared to death of black cats because one attacked me when I was little and Mary might say well in my dream black cats just represent bad luck because that's just the first thing I can think of and I don't I've never had a black cat and yeah um and then you sort of project that way with images but you project what the dream might be telling me in my life and that might be an aha for the dreamer right so okay so what is happening is and I participated in this process with Mary um you know it was very it seems like it was almost the exact one and what I what we found is that every person kind of got ahas about themselves even though it wasn't their actual dream they weren't the person asleep that had the dream and the dreamer 
had some ahas based on what they heard as the other people, you know, worked it and processed it. I wish we thought yeah, of this. Well, we first of all, uh, one of the things is that Carrie's the one that introduced me to dream work. So, yeah. I, you know, as an art therapist, the process is very similar because art and dreams all come from the unconscious and you know our art can have a lot of the same symbolism and metaphor as our dreams but Carrie's the one that introduced me and so a lot of what I know and the way that I practice dream work with clients is is what was introduced to me by Carrie Right. And so I really wish that I had thought to bring a dream because I would really love to, to do it, but I don't suppose any of us have one that we could work, but we can sit with that and let it sit there. Maybe something will come to us that we could. But my question is, can you, and I heard you say, Mary, when I work with clients, can you do this with just one other person? Like, could you have you know, could I call Mayor or call you and the two of us work the dream? You oh, can. Yeah, we, um, we do that. I mean, I, I do that with a lot of my dream work friends. If I'm just, you know, if it's just kind of fresh and mm-hmm. I don't have my dream group to go to. I, another thing that I do, um, and, I, and I'm sure Carrie can talk more about this, but is honoring the dream with my art. So by taking a dream and drawing it, drawing an element of the dream or journaling about it, what that does is that it brings it more to life, mm-hmm. helps me engage with it. So I, that's another way to understand it. Mm-hmm. Is there, um, do you have a, other ideas or ways that, people can um do that Carrie yeah and I I wanted to say one quick thing about uh, what Lydia said that the group is getting ahas and the dreamer yes you nailed it it's we need each other and what Mary's talking about going to a friend and Mm -hmm. um working one-on-one and Mary's a therapist and art therapist. I am not a therapist. And so sometimes with friends who know you really well, you can kind of verge into that territory and you know how to keep your safe boundaries. But if one were to practice one-on-one dream work, not as a therapist, you have to stay with, you know, within the dream and your projections. I just wanted to say that for clarification, just because of the safety things. And then at the end, Mary's exactly right. There's some great ways to honor the dream. Um, Art is a wonderful way. And sometimes you can draw the dream and that will help you see an aha in the dream. Mm -hmm. Mary might remember we were doing a dream group at uh, Trinity Cathedral years ago. And one Mm -hmm. of the people in the group drew her dream on the easel and then she got she got what the symbol was I mean she just was like I never would have never would have gotten that I've thought about this dream so many times yeah yeah it was so cool um you can act it out with a few other people yeah and then um really if you so sometimes let's say you have a dream about um you know a red bird or a cardinal and it was really powerful you can do something like draw that cardinal or sometimes people will go and they'll 
see synchronistically in a store like earrings that are cardinals or a necklace that are cardinals and sometimes buy that to honor that energy yeah yeah and so um later julie lumpkin does that and she i had a i had a dream about kittens that was profound and Mm -hmm. i so she brought me this little fuzzy kitten and it's on my bookshelf but she'll bring gifts to the dream group sometimes when um they've had a a uh, an element in their dream she'll bring something to honor that and so that's awesome I think for those of us that aren't as versed in dream work it sounds to me like there's so there's kind of like key ingredients then first uh, you know ground floor is you know uh you um, for this to be meaningful and for you to um you know get a message from it one first has to honor and acknowledge yes my dreams are telling me something, you know, uh, and I love the way that you put it, that, you know, it's coming from the divine, um, from the creator. And I use words like soul and it's all the same thing. Um, but, yeah. You know, so and for me, God is yeah, that God. same thing. So I don't want people to be turned off by yeah. using that word. <laughs> I like to say, um, and I think it was Wayne Dyer that said this, that the word water doesn't make you wet. It's not what you call something that gives it its substance like that (laughs) and that's what I find about the word God you know because everybody has um you know associations with particular words but we're all saying the same thing so the ground floor you know premises yes my dreams are are telling me something they're here for me they're here to serve me they're here to bring me something uh, a new realization a new perspective uh, a new insight and then the willingness to kind of be radically open to what that message is, you know, almost laying down what, especially to me, when, when we recognize that the dreamer tells the dream once and then twice and then turns the chair around, it's almost as if it's like, now I'm going to put this down. You know, I'm going to stop deciding what this dream means and let down any assumptions I may or may not have about it. And I'm going to now listen to you and, and get some insights possibly from from what you see in this metaphor, you know, and then, so the, in the recognition is, and see, this is what I, if on my very best days, I embrace life in this way. I recognize that everything in this waking dream we call life is also metaphor is also symbolic. In fact, on my way here, I was, um, I left a doctor's appointment and I'm high risk for um, breast cancer. I just turned 40. My sister got um, cancer, breast cancer at 40 and I had found a lump. So I was leaving the doctor's office. They've ordered an MRI because they found it, you know. And so, and uh, my husband wanted me to call him to tell him what, you know, the doctor had said. So here I am talking to him about, you know, the doctor and here's what the doctor said. And, you know, I'd had this kind of recognition last night where I had this idea that I wanted my husband and I to have this embrace this experiment where we would consciously every morning acknowledge and kind of pick up the idea that what would I do and say to my spouse if this were their last day here I had this idea that I want us to do this experiment so I wrote him a letter. I, I call him coffee pot letters. He was asleep. I wrote it on the letter and put it on the coffee pot. So he <laughs> found it. So he said, yeah, we'll do this experiment. So we started it today. So then, 
So anyway, and I'm telling him, isn't that strange that I had this awareness yesterday and here I am at the doctor and there's this, oh, let's check this lump out with the MRI. And I went, that wasn't in my awareness when I got this idea. Um, and as I'm saying this to him, all of a sudden my car starts to freak out. And I realize that what's happening is my car isn't switching gears. Like it's not, it's not going, you know, into the third gear and, mm-hmm. and I'm on with my husband. And so he's going, what's going on? And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, it's the transmission. It's not switching gears. It's not switching gears. And so, um, I get off the phone with him and I pull off the side of the road and I just turned off the car and I took, you know, a breath and I did a centering kind of prayer and just, you know, affirmed that I was guided and turned the car back on, started to drive and it was all fine. And what I recognized was I needed to switch gears. Like I was in the gear that I was in, in my frame of mind when I was telling him this was not one, uh, was not the consciousness with which I wanted to create whatever this reality was going to be on the other end of this test, right? So, so on my best days, I embrace this process, you know, that you're explaining in DreamWork it, to, to look at life, you know, to look at the messages that are being sent to me in life. That is well, so beautifully that, said. Yeah, and that is um, what in the dream world we call synchronicity. So a synchronicity is an outward and visible sign of something that you are experiencing internally, including dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I love too, because what I recognize is that just so in, in what you're describing, um, Carrie, with this process is um, similar to my knowing and the reason why I always hate it, but I always know what's going to happen in the story. I shouldn't say always, but the vast majority of the time, I I know what's going to happen in a movie or in a book and I hate it because I want to be surprised, but I'm, <laughs> I'm never surprised. And the reason why is that I know that every written word, someone wrote it. So none of it's arbitrary. You know, there is nothing in the dream, quote unquote, that doesn't mean anything right? Because dream, there's no detail that isn't on purpose. So if you know that and you go, okay, now I'm going to look at all the details, understanding they all have deep meaning, right? And there's not one meaning. So that, I mean, that's another point because if you think you have your dream figured out, yeah, that's when you know you're wrong. (laughs) Right. It means there's something you're missing. And back to your first question, kind of, of how am I trained? What am I taught? Mary brings up an excellent point. There are many layers to the dreams. They can reflect health, the state of the world, something that you're wrestling with, you know, with your kids. Um, but when you think, you know what, I know what that dream means. It's because of this. That's the red flag to say. Okay, what is in this dream that I don't already know? Because every dream is coming to make progress, to take you to the next step. And so when you're not seeing anything and you think you know. Right. um, So that's, I'm so glad you brought that up, Mary. And Lydia, someone wrote that. That gave me goosebumps. And that's the dream. Somebody wrote it. Somebody wrote it. And for me, the creator wrote that dream. That just moves me. That story 
um, once I used to think about it as like a phone call from the divine, like if the phone rang and you picked it up and it's like, okay, this is God, I'm gonna tell you a story, you know, and like, it just makes it a powerful, like, this is a message for you. I have something to tell you, um, to help you and that, yeah, perfect. That's right. A phone call from God. I love it. I absolutely adore it. And, and Oh, there's more I want to talk about. And I think so. So what I was going to ask you, Carrie, is do you think that we could get you back on? So I I know a big question that people have is how do I remember my dreams? So that that's one of the questions I'd like you to answer. And the next time we can bring a dream. So yes, yes, and we'll work it. We'll work it. Done. Yeah, I was going to say about work. Yes, absolutely. I would love to come back on. And I think the, working the dream, you know, we would need the, the time, a few minutes to, to do that. And I, I can leave you with like one little snippet dream. And that yeah. is I live in Baltimore now and I am from South Carolina. I moved here three years ago, guided by so many synchronicities and dreams. It's amazing. I need to write them all down. Um, but a few years ago in waking life, I lost my passport right before I was supposed to go to Haiti, um, with a group in South Carolina. And so I couldn't go. And it has driven me crazy because I had been on a cruise with Mary, how came home with Uh the passport, knew it was not gone. And I just was losing my mind. And then we moved to Maryland, no passport. We moved to an apartment. Then we moved to a house, no passport. Well, while I was discerning coming here, I dreamed that I found my passport and I could tell when I woke up, I was like, Oh, you know, that that's like the final clue that I'm surprised I've found my passport to travel and freedom. I'm supposed to go. Yeah, I told that a little out of order. Sorry. And then the good, (laughs) I was gonna say the good news is my husband found the passport like six months ago in a camera case. So I have it back. Oh, <laughs> awesome. That had this exact same thing happen when, when we moved across country, right before I was getting all these synchronicities to tell me and, and I wrote them all down and I lost, I, we left the notebook at a cafe in San Diego I and I, we walked, you know, we were walking, we were far away, but we, I went, Oh no, I, I left the notebook. And so we book it back there because we both know that we've been writing this down and we knew that it was really powerful and purposeful. And so we get back there and it is gone. And even now, even a few days ago, my husband said, can you believe we lost that notebook? Cause we often yeah. think we really need to tell this story because we had, you know, it was quite an incredible story. At least, well, I mean, we're a captivated audience, I guess, because it's our story, <laughs> but we, we think it's great. Um, so, yeah, so um, just kind of in closing, yes, let's come back and work a dream uh, and we can set aside whatever time we need to do that. Um, uh, before we go, though, Carrie, is there somewhere that is there a good place for resources on dream work that you know of that we could share with people? Yes, I I would love to um, share the Hayden Institute because that has been such a blessing to me. And it's Hayden without a Y, H-A-D-E-N, HaydenInstitute.com. There's a bookstore on there, too, with recommended books for dream work. um, And um, they have conferences and dream work training and spiritual direction training, but it's a great place to start. And um, yeah, I just would recommend checking out 
their People website come from all over to go to that conference and it's um it's in north carolina but um are they doing it virtually again this year carrie yes um there will be an opportunity to stay at the camp and conference center canuga which many of us love um but the conference itself is virtual so in other words i'll be sitting somewhere on my computer while at Canuga. Oh, okay, it's yeah. okay. It's a little bit of coming back, coming back together with some people yeah. and everything's going to be socially distanced. And, yeah. um, yeah. but hopefully by 2022, we'll have, you know, 300 people at Canuga all together. So HaydenInstitute.com, everybody, Carrie Graves, thank you so much for coming to talk with Lydia. us. You've been listening to True and Unpolished, the podcast. Let's see what happens next.